Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. And let's give everything that we've got to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody help us celebrate. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Uh, what a great church this is. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking right today. You're looking right. Look at the other person that you did not choose and just smile. Because you just told them by way of not telling them that they're at least the second choice, if not worse. But anyway, we won't dwell on that. Man, it's so good to see you guys. I, I just want to give a little bit of a love and shout out here to, to Pastor Danny and Rach and their entire family. But man, Danny has... Uh, Danny, the way that we like to say this, he's, he's talked me off the ledge a whole lot because ministry is so hard. And I'm just, if, if this is too much information, it's cool. Come back next week and he can fix it if I mess something up. But I've had a man crush on him for years now, man. <laughs> and, and when I grow up, I'm going to be just like him. Uh, but, uh, man, I just, I love this house. I love him. I love you so much, sir. Thank you for being my friend. So, so you, you may think that I'm from Boston, but I'm actually from Louisiana. I get that a lot with my, with my attitude and my, and my, my language here. But I want to I ask you guys to help me today because in Louisiana, we, we help everybody preach. And, and so every once in a while, man, I mean, I'll get a woo or a amen or glory or attaboy or go on get or whatever it is, you know, just... <laughs> Just kind of help me. And so what that does, listen, I'm going to help you, okay? That helps me preach faster. <laughs> Amen. See? You guys are getting it already. All right? Because if y'all don't, I ain't scared. We'll be here till like 3 o'clock, 3.30. All right? Will you help me preach? Come on. Will you help me preach? All right. Cool. So, so everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. Over. Over. Everything. Everything. So you said that like you absolutely meant it. And if you're here today, if you're joining us online, I really do think that you mean that. That's like, yeah, that's the way that it should be. But I want to warn you, Jesus over everything has implications. Jesus over everything first implies Jesus over you. And Jesus over me. And Jesus over you implies you under Jesus. That means that your ways are subject to his ways. And, and your ideas and your plans are they're subject to his plans. I've got it like this on the screen for you, okay? Jesus must not be marginalized. He must be prioritized, okay? So, so what this means is, see, life has a way of squeezing us. And if we're not careful, we only have so much bandwidth, and if we're not careful, then it just kind of squeezes Jesus out of everything, and we'll just kind of put him in the margins if we have some bandwidth left over, if we have some room left over. But what I hope to preach to you today, and I want you to help me kind of get this point across, is we can't just marginalize him. We have to prioritize him, and that means that Jesus is over everything. Give me a good amen to that. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to show you today this, I want to begin by, imagine this spectrum, okay? This is a spectrum of life. And on one end, you've got an extreme, and on the other end, you have an extreme. And on one end of the spectrum, and some of these things on the, on the spectrum are life things, 
but they, they may hinder you from positioning yourself to where Jesus truly is over everything. On one end of the spectrum is, is pride, okay? And pride is spiritual narcissism. It's when we get to a point in our life where we say, I really don't need him. I got this, bro. I got, I got this. And if I really get in a pinch, I'll, I'll holler at him, but, but I'm good. And on the other end of the spectrum is apathy. And apathy is spiritual indifference. And that's when life squeezes us to a point to where we say, I don't think I have the strength to care right now. And so for you to live out this gospel message with the effectiveness that Jesus invites you to do, you have to make sure that you place Jesus over everything, over your pride and over your apathy and everything in between. And this is not just a good idea. This is a God idea. So I want to go to the scriptures and I want to read from the book of Colossians. And if you're, if you're new to the faith or if you're just kind of, as I like to say, kicking the tires, context is very important. And what we're fixing to read is this letter from this guy named Paul. And he's writing to a church in, in, this, in this place called Colossae. And I think that that's super important because what he's fixing to say, he's saying it to people who already know Jesus. He's not saying this to someone who is unfamiliar with the gospel. He is saying this to a to a church of believers. And so it goes like this, beginning in verse 15. The Son, which of course is Jesus, the Son is the image of the invisible God. Now, side note, this is just loaded with all kinds of theological genius and beauty. But it says, the Son, of, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things, everybody say all things. Were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, everybody say all things, have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, everybody say all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. Listen to this last little bit here. So that in everything... Not just in some things, but, but in everything, he might have the supremacy. The English Standard Version ends it by saying that in everything, he might be preeminent. So in this original language that it was written in, it was in Greek, and I'm not going to do a deep dive on all the meanings, but the words that were used, head and beginning and firstborn, all of that stuff just pointing to the fact that Jesus must have supremacy in our life. He must be the preeminent one. Okay, but as you're learning what these words really mean, you got to dig into the lexicons and the commentaries and all this different stuff. And, and here's what I want you to understand. Those meanings of first and head and beginning and firstborn and preeminence, those words must not just stay in the books, but they must come to life in our reality. Somebody say amen to that. Like we got to flesh this stuff out, guys. We can't just know about Jesus. We have to know Jesus. We have to walk with him on a, on a, on a, like a daily basis where he's, he's walking with you hand in hand, right? So it's not enough that, that Jesus has prominence in your life. He must have preeminence in our life. Listen, I'm glad if you've got him in a top ten, but I don't want him to be in a top ten list. I want him to be the list that all of the other lists are subject to and flow from that point because it's got to be Jesus over everything. So what I'm going to do this morning 
is I want to take this idea and I want to drill down in one specific area and I'm going to do so for really two different reasons. Number one is I believe that it's going to help a lot of people in this place today. And whenever I get into it, you're going to be like, yep, the boy is talking to me. The old Cajun has come to the Texas town and he's, he's helping me out. I had somebody come to me after the gathering that we just got out of it and she said, thank you. She's like, if this was for nobody else, it was for me because of where I've been in my life. And so I think, listen, I think God still speaks to people. And I think God can speak to you today. And I think that he wants to speak to you if you'll just tune in and let him do so. So I think that this is going to help some people. But number two, if I can convince you that Jesus is over this one particular area of your life, then it's going to position you to really live out Jesus being over everything. So here's the question. Okay, oh, that was my introduction. Here's the question, all right? You ready? Have you ever been in a state of chaos? <laughs> Some of you are like, really, that's what you got, bud? <laughs> like, surely you've known you were going to preach at this church, and you've been studying and praying, and that's the best, like, chaos? That's, that's the revelation from heaven? Wow, really good. I hope you get a good check and get on out of here, boy. Like, like that's the best that you, like, listen, have you ever been in a state of chaos? Listen, maybe you're there right now relational chaos if you are in relational chaos and they're sitting beside you do not say amen right now <laughs> that's for the relationship series come on somebody all right financial chaos emotional chaos life chaos spiritual chaos See, the thing about it is all of us, we want to raise our hand and say, yes, 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 because that's what chaos does. It's, it's like a common denominator. It gets us on common ground. And that's what we're going to do today is we're going to learn that whenever we place Jesus over all of the chaos in our life, then it positions us to really understand what it means to place Jesus over everything in our life. Because sometimes, listen, listen, sometimes we like to be in control. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say amen because I know that we like to control things. And in chaotic situations, we're not in control. But just think with me over the last 24 months. What an incredible amount of chaos that this world has been in. What we've all gone through, right? Economic chaos, racial chaos, civil chaos. And, and I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway. An international viral pandemic that literally shut down the planet. It's, it's been like things we've never encountered before. And I, and I get that you realize this, but here's what I want you to understand. All of the stuff that's been going on in all these areas of our life, what's happened is it's seeped into our worlds. And so now there's chaos in our homes. There's chaos in our marriage. There's chaos in our jobs. There's chaos in all areas of our life because, because it's just everywhere. And, and it just kind of comes in and begins to just like be here and we got to walk through it right and so listen everybody goes through chaos but what really matters is how you go through the chaos that's what really really matters and so listen there isn't anyone among us today online here in the building there isn't anyone among us today who is exempt from what's going on and so I've done this at all of our gatherings if you're here in this physical building I want you to look at the screen 
I'm going to look at this because I want to look every one of you in the eye, okay? Let me, let me look all of you in the eye whenever I say this. Listen closely. You are not alone. You're not alone. You've been going through this and you feel like that God's a million miles away. You feel like that friends and family are a million miles away. You are not alone. We've all gone through this, but I do want to be honest. Whenever you are going through the chaos yourself, no one, no one is experiencing the chaos like you are experiencing. And I want you to catch what I just said. We all go through the chaos. But how we go through the chaos is different. And, 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 and the waves of chaos that we encounter are, are, are different. And I've got a perfect illustration that I can share with you. So there was a time, it's been a few years ago, that a group from our church in Baton Rouge, we loaded up the trucks and cars, and we said, we're going to go camping and kayaking on the current river in Missouri. And so, side note, the group that went up there, you know where we started? A small group, a life group. So join a group, join a group, join a group. Uh, maybe you can go kayaking one day. You can be cool like we were. But anyway, we went up there. And, and this, was, this was an encounter that I had never done before, okay? My idea is, of roughing it is like slow Wi-Fi. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Like, like a bad latte. Is, is, that's, that's, a, that's a roughing experience for me. And so we're living out there for three or four days, man. And even, actually, side note, whenever I told my wife I was going to do this, she was like, you going to make it? Like, I'm like, I'm a man. Come on. But she's like, no, you need somebody with you because you're not. Anyway, we won't go down that road. We'll save that for the relationship series too. But anyway, I'm up there. And, and, and again, we're, we're living out there. We're, we're, our food's out there, everything. I mean, and so we've got our camping gear, our food. It's all right there. And, and this, this river, it's got parts of it that are super, super deep. And it's got parts of it that are really, really shallow. Like, I don't know if this is a word in Texas, but there were times where we kind of had to scooch. Is scooch a word here? Okay, you kind of had to scooch because it was so shallow. But then there's parts of it that is really, really deep. So we're, we're, we're paddling down one day, and, and I hear this guy behind me, one of the guys that was in our group, and he just hollers, help! And I turned around, man, and the kayak's upside down. His stuff's floating everywhere. And he looked like he was in a cartoon. He was holding on to a tree, just, ah, like that ugly cry kind of coming on, like, help, help. And we looked back, and this is what we did. We said, his name was Trey. We said, hey, Trey, bro, stand up. <laughs> what? What? Help. Stand up. And so he slowly starts putting his feet down, and he stands up, and the water's about of that belly high. Like, see, I can help you, bro, if you'll let me, okay? <laughs> Here's what I want you to understand. We had just gone around that curve, and I was able to see the bottom. This was Trey's first time to be in that particular place going through what he was going through. So, so I had already been there, so I kind of knew what to expect, because when you're in a state of chaos, no one really... No one's going through it like you're going through it. And a side note, Trey almost drowned as a kid one time whenever he was swimming in a creek. And so, see, that's what the last 24 months have done for us. They, they've, like, brought up some stuff that that's just it, it is in us. 
and, and, and it's revealed some stuff that's in us. And, and how we've gone through it is based on a lot of like how we got here in the first place, okay? But that is how chaos works, man. And so this sounds like I'm just doom and gloom and it's all bad news, but I do have some good news. And the good news is this. Chaos may be new to us, but chaos is not new to God. Somebody say amen to that, right? <laughs> chaos is actually addressed in Scripture. And what I want to do is I want you to, want you to lean in over the next couple of seconds. I want to give you some background because this background is going to give you some depth to, to where you can connect the dots and see how this is actually a spiritual thing. And this is actually, uh, it's rooted in history even, okay? So let me, let me just kind of get going. Stay with me, lean in here. Ancient civilizations had a metaphor for chaos. They had, they had a comparison that they used for chaos. And you know what it was? It was water. It was water. Okay, so, so just think about it. Back in that day, we've come to learn all kinds of things, but back in that day, they didn't know what was underneath the water. They, they didn't have the equipment to scuba dive or send a submarine down or send a camera down. And so, so just imagine you, you go and you look at a Texas river or a pond or a lake or something, and you see a fish kind of roll up out of the water, and you're like, yeah, it's a bass. But, but like we know that now, but back then as they're just kind of learning all this stuff, what that did is it reminded them we really don't know what's going on underneath the surface of the water. Or the ships would go out and they would go out to fish and a storm would come in and the ship would not come back in, nor the men on that ship. And so there was, this, this is chaos, right? We, we don't know. It's a big question mark. Super ancient Mesopotamian writings reference the dangers of the sea. Ancient Babylonian writings even reference a sea monster called Tiamat and they spoke of his dangers and his power. One scholar even said it like this of ancient civilizations, especially the nation of Israel. They believed that chaos was the earliest and most original state of the universe. And we can actually kind of get some traction with this in Scripture. We find support for this in the very first words of the Bible. Genesis 1, the opening words, the opening chapter, the opening book. It goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Formless, empty, chaos. And the theme continues as Noah's Ark comes into the story. Chaos covers the entire earth. Genesis 6 and 17, God says, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under heaven. Are you seeing how chaos and water are starting to be connected here? And then again in the story of the Exodus, Israel is being delivered from slavery and captivity and they get freed and they're running for their lives. They're going to the promised land and they get to the point to where the chariots are coming behind them and the Red Sea is in front of them. And they get to the point, they're so stressed out that they say this in Exodus 14 and 12. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians in slavery than to die here. Because whenever you get in a state of chaos, you're not really thinking clearly. And the chaos comparison continues even more so in the book of Psalms, chapter 74. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. It was you who split open the seas by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the head of Leviathan. If you go home and you get on dictionary.com and you look at Leviathan, it is a sea monster. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand here is chaos is not new. 
See, we've never been here in our worlds before. We've never been here at this point in our life before. We think that it's so upside down. We think that it's so bizarre. And you're right, it is so bizarre, right? And it's new to us. The chaos is new, but chaos is not new to God. So one more time, please hear me whenever I tell you, you are not alone. You not alone you feel like that you are you feel like God has forsaken you maybe you've lost loved ones maybe you've lost your job maybe I could we could fill in the blanks in 10,000 different areas here because of what all we were going through and what all we're, we've gone through right but you are not alone So over the last 12 months, over the last 24 months, now, over the last hour, if you felt worried, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you if you're stressed out. If you're like, you feel heavy because of the anxiety that's in your life. Doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Here's another one maybe some of you need to hear. God's not punishing you. We're just in a storm. We're just in a season that none of us asked for. None of us really are enjoying. But we're just having to walk through it together. So listen, over the last couple of years, over the last couple of hours, if any of this is resonating with you in any capacity up to this point, please listen. You are in the right place, on the right day, at the right time. And you're hearing the right message because I think that God wants to speak to you. Not because I think that I'm doing a jam up job up here. It's because I think that God still speaks to his children. I think that God still loves you so much that he wants you to know that you are not alone. He is with you. He is with you. He is with you. So all of that was my introduction. I think I've had a couple of introductions, okay? So here, here we get to the heart of what I wanted to say. So what I want to do is I want to preach two things to you that Jesus reveals through the chaos. The first thing on the screen is Jesus reveals his authority by calming the chaos. Okay, Jesus reveals his authority by calming the chaos. Mark is a story of the life of Jesus written by a guy named Mark And we kind of get like some stories and what happened in his life. And in Mark chapter 4, we read of this amazing story. And I'm just going to, I think it's on the screen. You can follow along with me. It it goes like this. They're they're all in a boat together, Jesus and the disciples. And it says that a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so much that it nearly swamped them. Time out. Look at me real quick. Put yourself in the scripture. Because maybe you've been in a place where you thought the storm was about to overtake you. Maybe you're there today and you feel like that the waters are about to come over the edge of the boat and I need some help. So a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so much that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples went and woke him up and said, bro, do you get what's going on? That's the South Louisiana translation, okay? They said, teacher, don't you care? He got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. 
And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And look what it says in 40. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Like that's good enough. That just the scripture is good enough. We could take an offering right now. Like that is good stuff right there. But let me give you a couple of quick things that I want you to take away from this. The first thing is the disciples were incredibly bothered by the chaos. And they should be. I don't like being in a storm. You don't like being in a storm. It's bothersome, right? But it's, it's, it's bothersome to be in there. But I want to I point something out. If, if you look back a couple of verses, it's not, on the, it's not on the screen. But Jesus said, let's leave here and let's get in the boat and let's, let's go to the other side. So catch this. The disciples were not doing anything wrong. They were actually doing something Right. They were following the teachings and the instructions of Jesus, and the storm comes up. And so the point is, sometimes the chaos comes even when you're living right. Sometimes life just happens. They are obeying, and this chaotic storm blows up, and they just for a second forgot that Jesus was with them. You ever been there? You ever forget that Jesus is right there with you, in the boat with you? But here's what I want you to understand. Just because chaos comes near you doesn't mean that the Lord has left you. Just because chaos comes near you doesn't mean that the Lord is far from you. You are not alone. And so the disciples were incredibly bothered by the chaos. But the second thing that I want you to understand is Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't. The storm hits and Jesus is taking a nap. And they go down there and they say, don't you care? And again, I know I've been there. I'll be honest for you. Like, Jesus, do you not see what's going on down here? I need a little help. And Scripture says he's taking a nap. What's up with that? And it makes me so like, what? That I want to turn nap into a two-syllable word. Like, nap. Like, like, like it's a serious nap. I'm going to go take a nap. Like, how y'all say it in Texas? I'm going to take a nap, right? I'm a, I'm a, and he gets up and, I don't know, he stretches. It's like, ah. Peace. Be still. And the winds and the waves listened. And today... Jesus is wanting an invitation from you to come to the stern of your boat to where he can step to the edge and he can look at your chaos and he can speak to your chaos and he can say, peace, be still. Because you are not alone. And so Jesus reveals his authority by calming the chaos and the next thing that I want to bring to you quickly and stay with me is Jesus reveals his dominion by walking on the chaos. Notice the, the, the placement language that's being established here. Jesus is standing on the problem. He's standing on the abyss. He's standing on the question mark. He's standing on the storm. He's standing on the chaos. 
Matthew chapter 14, another story of Jesus. Shortly before, Jesus, short, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. And that's exactly what I would do as well. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's, if it's really you, Pete re- replied, tell me to come out there with you. Come on, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water. He came towards Jesus. But when he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. We're going to come back to that Lord, save me thing here in a minute. But immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were on the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Two quick things. Number one, Jesus met them in their storm. He didn't say, if you guys can get good enough, you can come to me and we'll have a conversation. He didn't say, if you can get holy enough, come to me and then we'll have, we'll have some further talks. Jesus met them on their turf. He met them in their chaos. He met them right where they were. Because Jesus is a pursuing kind of a God. Is anybody in here as thankful as I am that he never gave up on you? Come on, somebody, put your hands together and celebrate that. Right? Listen, he will wear you down to a nub getting after you. He will not stop reaching for you. Excuse me if I get a little excited, but I have not ever gotten over being saved. He reached whenever I was a knucklehead and I was down in my sin and I was a a loser at best. He reached for me. He said, come on. Because he is a pursuing kind of a God. And even though the disciples were worried about their storm, Jesus walked on it. And I love this because here's what we do a lot of times. Is we'll look at the storm and we'll set our expectations based on the size of the storm. But what Jesus did is that I don't care what the storm looks like. The storm needs to set its expectation based on what I'm going to do. Not the other way around. And then I love that Jesus stepped out on the water, stepped out on the chaos. And the one who had faith said, Jesus, can I come out there with you? And Jesus, like he's old school uh, Morpheus from the Matrix. He's like, (laughs) right? So Pete just, again, that's like 600-year-old movie. I get it. I'm I'm old. Forgive me. That's my pop culture reference right there, the, the original Matrix. It was filmed in black and white. But anyway, it's a long time ago. He said, come on. And today, Jesus is extending the same invitation to some of you. He's saying, come on. Because you've been letting the storm dictate everything around you. It's time that we reverse that and you say, I'm realizing now that I have the authority and the power to walk on my chaos. My chaos is not going to walk on me anymore. That's Scripture says that whenever you receive the, the Spirit, you will receive power. You will be endued from on high with power of the Holy Spirit. That gives you the authority and the power to walk on the things that are trying to walk on you. So let me, let me close with this. This is not one of the most important things that I could say, but this is the most important thing that I could possibly give you. And I'm going to say this because I think that so much of the, of the chaos that's going on in our lives personally can be rooted back to sin. 
I think Genesis 1 and 2 is the story. Genesis 3 through the end of Revelation is the same story with different characters. And it's God saying, hey, let's get together. Mankind saying, hey, let's mess this up. Then God saying, hey, let's fix this problem. Over and over and over and over. And that's what you're about. That's the story of redemption. God constantly reaching for you and I. And so Jesus is over everything, but the most important chaos for Jesus to solve is sin. They cried out a second ago, Lord, save us. That's what we got to do. We got to say, Lord, save us. Quickly, listen, listen closely. We live in a culture where the concept of sin has become cheapened by illogical arguments over right and wrong. Because some people will ask the question, what is sin? Great question. But a lot of times what we'll do is we'll only connect sin to the Ten Commandments, which it is connected. But here's the problem, is we take that idea of the Ten Commandments, and because it is so old and so antiquated, sometimes we'll take that step that doesn't need to be taken, and we'll say sin itself is old and antiquated. And when a preacher talks about sin, some people look at me and say, bro, you're just old and out of touch. You don't get it. Here's what sin means. In the original language, the original meaning, you know what it means? It means to miss God's intended mark. That's what sin is. And so whenever we fall short of the life that God has planned for us, that's sin. And here's the problem with sin. Whenever two people who are supposed to be in a relationship are not close, that, watch this, that lack of proximity is a fertile field for chaos. Okay? If you've ever been separated in a marriage, if you've ever gone through a divorce, if you've ever had a problem with a parent and maybe you didn't speak for a while, maybe you don't speak. Two people that are supposed to be in, in some kind of a relationship whenever they're far apart from each other, it is fertile ground for chaos. That's why Thanksgivings are so weird, right? Whenever you come together with those family members that you should be close to, but you're not, you just kind of, let's get through this next two hours without stabbing somebody and let's try to go on with the rest of our life. <laughs> Creates chaos. It's the same thing spiritually. You and God were meant to be together. And whenever you are not in close proximity, it is fertile ground for chaos. And so what we've got to do is we've got to invite Jesus into the boat. John 6 and 21, it's the same story of Jesus walking on the water. They, the disciples, were willing to take him, Jesus, into the boat with him. And that's exactly what I'm asking you to do today. You've got to take Jesus into your boat. I said this in the second in, in, in the gathering before this, and, and I mean this with every fiber that is within me. I feel like everybody, I don't know if, if people online are, are right here with me, but I feel like every single human being is right here with me. I feel like that you guys are so connected to, to this message. And it's not because I think that I'm, again, doing a jam-up job. I think, I think God is speaking. I think God is speaking clearly to some of you. And there's somebody in this building, there's somebody on the sound of my voice, and you've not yet said yes to Jesus. You've not called upon him for Lord and Savior. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to pray this prayer in just a second. You'll see it on the screen. It's, it's, Lord, take the wrongful sin from my life by taking your rightful place in my life. That's, that's where we're going. In fact, I'm going to count to three, and I want all of us to read this together, okay? Everybody. And if you're praying this for the first time, if you're saying this for the first time, let it be a prayer that comes from deep down within. 
If you've been walking with the Lord, hey, let's hit the reset button today. But let's, one, two, three, read with me. Lord, take the wrongful sin from my life by taking your rightful place in my life. One more time, a little bit louder. Lord, take the wrongful sin from my life by taking your rightful place in my life. So in just a couple of seconds, I'm going to pray, and you're going to have an opportunity to really do some business with the Lord. And I pray, man, that if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, you have to understand that for him to calm the storm, and for him to be able to, listen, for him to be able to step on the bow of your boat and speak into that, that chaos and say, peace, be still, he's got to be in your boat. For him to stand on the boat, he's got to be in the boat. You've got, you got to invite him into your life. You've got to invite him into your world. And then let me just read one more scripture because whenever I was studying for this, I found this. And this is for the believers. This is, this, I want to remind you of where you're, in fact, this is for everybody because if you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, then this is you too. Because we're going to heaven one day and we're going to live for all of eternity in his glorious presence. And the church says amen to that, right? But Revelation 21 and 1, this is heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Scripture's not saying that heaven won't be without a body of water because it refers to the river of life. But what this is saying is there won't be any more chaos because Jesus is over everything. Thank you. So I want you to bow your heads right there where you are. And, and this is preacher language, but, but I mean it with everything. With, with, listen, listen. Man. This is the most important moment of the day. For some of you, this may be the most important, important moment of your life. If you're here today and, and you don't know the Lord as Savior, you don't know Him as, as Master, you don't know Him as King, I'm telling you, today is the day that that gets to change. Because the scripture also says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, as I'm praying, I just pray that, that you would allow anyone who is who's leaning into you and, and wanting to say yes to you, I pray that you would that you would just let them know, Lord, that, that they're not alone. Let them know that you're right there with them, that you're inviting them in as they're inviting you, Lord. It's a mutual invitation. And so, Lord. Would you forgive us of our sins? Would you change our hearts? Would you, would, you just, would you allow us to repent and turn from our old ways so that we can walk with you and follow you and be with you and go where you're calling us to go? And Lord, we make that prayer real. We make that prayer personal, Lord. And then also, Lord, all of us who are walking with you already, and we just feel like our life is completely upside down and we're in this constant state of chaos, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I speak peace into every life. I speak peace into every home. Take away the chaos, dear God, and replace it with calm. Take away the anxiety and replace it with comfort. Because, Lord, there's some people here today and they're stressed out and they're filled with anxiety and they're heavy laden because of what they're trying to carry, dear God, because life is so chaotic. But today we've been reminded that, Lord... If we can allow you to be over chaos, then you truly are over everything. So thank you for what you've done in the hearts and the lives of everybody in this place, dear God. 
thank you for everybody, everybody joining us online. Lord, what a day this has been. And we give you glory and we give you honor. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody says amen. amen. Come on, everybody, put your hands together and celebrate. Come on, come on, put your hands together. Amen. 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 Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.